Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Do you work in an office cubicle farm where you have random, mindless conversations? Do you sometimes sit around a campfire with family and friends relaxing and talk about nothing in particular? Do you ever find yourself on a front porch or a stoop with your buddies just hanging out discussing the world? If so, then this show might just be for you. On Cubicle Chat, the topics are like the ones you would find in an office setting, a campfire, or a front porch. Anything and everything ranging from pop culture to travel to nerdy interests and even military stories. If any of these pique your interest, then check out the Cubicle Chat podcast. gentlemen welcome back to the armchair book and wrestling podcast i'm your host my name is stunning steve barber uh delicious dwellin is still on hiatus right now but fortunately this week we have our good friend justin from the tnc sports talk the throw in he has joined us to help co-host the show how you doing justin i'm doing well how about you I, uh, it's nice and white outside the christmas that we didn't have a couple weeks ago and um i you know wherever you guys are at Whenever you guys are listening to this, just hopefully you guys know we wish you safety. Yes, absolutely. If you don't have to be on the road, don't be on the road because I actually drove my wife to work this morning. And, you know, because, I mean, she she can drive in the snow, but she gets a little skittish. And not only that, but we were thinking because uh, right now where she works at a tax preparation place. And, of course, right now it's tax season. And so their hours have been ramped up some. And so she was not going to get off work until at least a good half an hour past her normal time. But my son has an appointment, mm-hmm. you know. But now we've actually uh, – I think we've already can't, – my, my wife has already texted the guy. It was my son's saxophone lesson. She's already canceled that because that's a good 30 minutes away even without snow. You know, yeah. and so I drove her – I was going to drive her anyway because of that. But then with the snow – you know, I drive a little bit better in snow, I guess. And, you know, so um, I took her to work and yeah, I was still kind of sliding. You know, these roads are just nasty because we live, we live on a back road. We live on a back road off of a back road. And, you know, so they don't, they don't plow our road. It's rare because they have to hit the main roads, which I get, but they canceled school today. Um, you know, we're, we're actually homeschooling our son anyway, right now, just because of issues mm-hmm. with the school. I mean, if anybody's listened to a long time, they already know. Uh, so it didn't really didn't affect him, but of course, all the other kids in the area, of course, they're not going to school uh, because, because they don't plow the back roads in this area is mm-hmm. a lot of back roads because there's a well, lot by of, the time they get to the back roads, they will, it would be like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Exactly. And when I actually walked out uh, right before I came into the office to, to hit you up, um, to come on the show, I was looking at where I walked just to get to the car. And then I looked where the tracks were and those tracks are almost already filled back in with uh, the fallen snow. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's still coming down. And, you when, know, and then, like I live what 30, 40 minutes away from Mount Oreb down in Northern Kentucky. Something like and, that. Yeah. And uh, you know, you know, my wife, she'll take the car to work in the morning. Cause I got nowhere to be. Uh, we got a message at four o'clock in the morning saying school's out of session because of the snow. 
Um, we got well, probably like a good two, three inches. I want to say yep. car was filled. I went out there at like five, five thirty, getting the car warmed up for her, brushed it off, took like a solid 20 minutes. The only good news was, is that it wasn't sticking, you know, it was nice, easily brushed off. Right. Um, but we live on a main road off of a main road into apartment complex. They don't touch the apartment complex at all. So you just have to be able to drive safely to get out. Um, but there was, it was a good, nice blanket of snow. Um, wasn't as cold. It was, it was pretty moderate. I would have done well, you know, if I had to be in it, but, um, I know this kind of or always, it's always generates some sort of maybe panic or uncertainty and people find a lot of difficulties driving in the snow. So, you know, whatever situation anyone's in, I, I just, I would hate for some terrible action to happen because of the weather. Or because, you know, people think all oh, snow, that means drive faster. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works. And I know you, you growing up in San Diego, I don't know how much snow you saw in your lifetime. Nope. But even we went up, to, we try to go up to Mount Julian, uh, which is like the closest place from San Diego to see snow. By the time we get up there, it's all melted. So, right. Uh, out here was like kind of like the first true snow test. And, you know, I've, I've used to work in, you know, downtown Cincy, uh, once I, uh, moved down here. So I've had my fair share, but, it's you got it. And I think a lot of people do not provide themselves a, the right amount of time to get all the snow off the cart properly. And they don't provide them en enough time to get to and from work. You know, guilty as charged as me, I leave 15 minutes before I have to go to work, regardless where I'm at and regardless how long it takes. But you got to consider in that driving factor that is going to take some mm -hmm. more time. You got to consider accidents or slow driving and you got to build patience for that. So provide yourself extra time, whether it's rain, fog, snow, mist, I don't care, lightning storm, whatever the case may be, try to be considerate Buy yourself more time so you could take your time to get to work. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people speed because mm -hmm. they just wake up, roll out of bed, business as usual and then they find themselves running behind and they're speeding to get to a job that what you ask them how they like their job and they'll tell you that they hate <laughs> it <laughs> so um but you know moving on from you know the great uh the great snowpocalypse of 2024 and today's uh topic is actually going to be the royal rumble but you and i were actually having a pretty interesting conversation before that about before uh, we get to that can i ask you a question sure Always. Is this our technical first snow weather where a good amount of snow has fallen stuck on the ground for a period of time this year or this season? I know we had some flurries back in December here and there, but nothing really. Nothing like this. No. Stick. No. No. Uh, I mean, we had a little bit that stuck what well, stuck on the ground. It didn't stick to the roads uh, yeah. back in December. Uh, but a buddy of mine. Last year, what, with Christmas Eve last year, that. That snowstorm that came through, people couldn't go anywhere that weekend last year. Remember that? Yeah, sort of. I mean, um, but a buddy of mine who actually lives, he actually lives uh, close to you, lives in Florence. Uh, but I've known him since um, I was stationed in Japan because I actually okay. worked. His wife was in the Air Force. He was in the Navy. Uh, yeah. Then he ended up getting out of the Navy and he came over there to join her. But um, But I knew them in Japan and then I knew them in Maryland. 
and now they live in Florence. So, I mean, and he's they they've been some of our closest friends. But today is his birthday, and I texted well, him happy today. Birthday. Yeah, told him, hey, hey, Dave, happy birthday. And he said, thanks. He said, yeah, that 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 white Christmas that we didn't have, apparently, you know, it came from my birthday instead. Right. You know, um, but you had texted me talking about AEW and their, um, their well, I, I don't know if you call it their lack of marketing. Right. Um, well, okay, so if I can provide just a little contents here. Um the whole idea of bringing that conversation up with you is that I was listening to a podcast and I, I, I can't remember the podcast name. They were celebrating a hundred episodes and Brian Alvarez, a, a reliable source reporter for professional wrestling, I believe. Right. I was saying, yeah, I mean, he's a, um, he, he's, he's a dirt sheet writer, but, uh, but at the same time, I mean, they do get good information. He's one of the guys that I would, if if it's written He's, by him, I'd listen to. He can be trusted, I think. Okay, so, so. he was on the episode and he was talking about um, the difference between what WWE is doing right now and what AEW or AEW's experience. And one of the things that we're noticing in AEW lately is maybe the lack of crowd, um, the lack of um, attendance that we're seeing at the venues and whatnot. And he made a valid a couple valid points. And uh, they're talking more because he, he's out in Seattle, out in the West Coast. And he was like, well, when the AEW comes into Seattle, there's no billboards, there's no local promotion or advertisement going on. Um, and even just with, with Dynamite or Rampage or Collision, that's over the weekend. There's really not a whole lot of promotion that happens compared to what WWE provides, right? right. They they have not just the you, you could anywhere you could turn it to the local news and you'll see WWE promotions half the time. So he said that was one of the big things. And then the other one, whether you go out to a live show or to a house show, they don't really build up the card. You go out to a WWE live show, they're going to say, hey, Seth Rollins is there. Um Cody Rhodes will be in action. Punk will be in action. So they're going to give you a reason to come out to the arena. AEW doesn't do it. Um, sometimes they have those matches after, you know, on WWE, SmackDown, Raw, sometimes they have those matches afterwards. Mm-hmm. To That only if you bought a ticket and you attended, you will get to see that no one else gets to see, really. Right. So AEW doesn't provide that. You recently just went to an AEW event last fall. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I don't, you know, from my understanding through you, the experience was okay because you'd never been, but it wasn't like, I didn't get the feeling that you would go again unless you got some free tickets type thing. Um, I don't know, being a wrestling fan in AEW, I mean, they're still, the, you know, for now anyway, they're still the number two company uh, behind WWE. Right. Um, now TNA is making a run for it. You know, TNA, all of a sudden they're rebuilding, but. It um, looks pretty good, I gotta yeah. say. Um, I would probably still go to an AEW show, but it honestly kind of depends on what state the company's in at the time. Because if the action in the ring, if what they're doing is garbage, I'm probably not going to go. You know, I mean, right. and I mean that honestly because um, during the Monday Night Wars, if I'd had a chance to go uh, to choose between WCW or WWF, I probably would have chosen WCW. And this is at the height of it. Um, right. But in the year and a half or so before WCW folded, I probably would not have gone to see WCW show because 
the, what I'm seeing on TV is kind of indicative of what you're going to see live. And what mm-hmm. I was seeing on, on the show is on Nitro and at the time Thunder was just, it was getting bad. And I'm like, why would I pay money to see that? Now, the action in the AEW ring when I saw it was still good. Uh, the matches right. were still good. I actually got to see Jade Cargill's last match in AEW live. Okay. Yeah. You know, you um, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be her last match. They didn't. They didn't advertise it was her last match, See, but I mean, I think the only due diligence they've done is they've been promoting. I think they've been promoting the hell out of Sting's retirement. So every city yes. Sting is going to perform in, they they've been giving him an you know the the due diligence or the credit, right? The forefront of hey, he's coming into town. This is the last chance you're going to see Sting compete in in you know your city ever, and. I think did Sting perform last time when you went? No, um, no. So no, I he, mean, he did not perform. And now he's a guy who would, if he, I know he's performing, I go to see any day of the week, even if he just shows up and he's at ringside or he comes out and gives a promo. Because I, I you know, Sting, sure you have an old episode yourself you could cover on him. He's a legacy alone, uh-huh. and um, but I just. I have yet to be, you know, there's only, AEW's only been in Cincinnati twice. I have yet to, I will not make a drive down election, or three times. Three times, at least three times, yeah. I have yet to attend. I argue, I would like to go, but I would honestly, I argue with myself, if it's worth going to a AEW event, because, you know, what do you, I mean, yeah, you have, the talent's still good. You're getting really good matches. I'm not saying it's a five star match, but you're getting good raw talent matches, right? Quality, you know, quality matches. But if it's the same thing that you can do, saving yourself 40, 50 bucks that you can watch in the luxury of your home, and you're not really getting anything extra that separates the difference of you going, whether to you staying, then it, for me, it just begs the difference of why, why go? I mean, the show, like I said, the show itself was good. Um, I had already been seeing the the reports that were coming out of some of the other AEW shows, like the Dynamite mm-hmm. and the Rampage. Well, they they film, they do Dynamite, then they take a little bit of an intermission, then they film uh, Rampage. Right. And, you know, I'd already seen the reports saying, well, half the arena is empty. You know, they right. have everybody packed on one side. Well, guess what? Heritage Banker Bank sure. Center Cincinnati was the same way. And we WWE's gone with, through that too. You yep, WWE has gone through that. They still go through that. I mean, yep. Um, the last time I saw it packed to house to house was day one, Monday Night Raw, right. in San Diego. That was it. And when you start seeing that, but of course, a lot of people who have been posting things like that are people who just they just do not like AEW, and so any chance they have to slam AEW, they're going to take it. Now, right, I mean, but, I mean, AEW can't hide under, hey, we are the second best company, therefore we are doing things that are not true. It's okay not to be sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we talked about this, and I don't know if you ever brought this up on a show, but, you know, I wonder if they're not being sold out, and which is nothing against them. They're still such a new company. It's only what hasn't even been, what, barely five years Coming up, uh, this it'll, be, it'll be yeah. This will be they'll hit five years. I still year. consider them very new, but they are also holding it in venues so large that they're expecting that they think that they're going to get twenty, thirty thousand people, and they're just not. Unfortunately, um, they 
the first time they came to Cincinnati, they did not go to Heritage uh, Heritage Bank yeah, Center or Bank not. Arena. They went to um, the convention was, center. Maybe it was over. I think it was Xavier's Arena that okay. they they used. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, now the next time they came, and this the last time they went to Heritage Bank Arena because that well, the first time they went to Heritage uh, Bank Arena, Heritage Bank Center, whatever the crap it's called, okay. they actually did fill it up because that was the the show where um my friends Jamie and John from True Crime Cast slash Bless Their Hearts, they were there along with Nate Metz, who runs Stove Lake Media. And this was the first time they attended, or the At, second time? This was the second show that was in Cincinnati. Okay. And that because there's actually a picture, it was um the Briscoe brother, the surviving Briscoe brother, I can't remember yes. his name. okay. There's a picture of him. He had jumped off like the corner. This is like outside the ring. Right. And he's jumping on somebody who's on the table and you see a fan and he's standing there with his hands like this. I mean, he's into it. <laughs> well, that fan, that's John yeah. from True Crime Cast. They just happened to be sitting right there. They had front row tickets because okay. they they are actually uh, friends with Chris Jericho. Yeah. Because okay, they, they've nice. had, yeah, they've been on Chris Jericho's podcast and he's actually been on theirs you know, talking about crime stuff. So, um, and so they were able to get from her tickets. And the funny thing is you see Nate looking at his cell phone when that's going on, but, <laughs> but that place was uh, packed. I mean, they, they even talked about how packed it was. And then a year later, yeah. all of a sudden it wasn't. Well, okay. So then because I, I'm going to, I really, truly, cause they haven't been to a, they haven't been down here so often. So, you know, you, you get, I, I just feel times. You know, because we're still out, we're still coming off of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this is the first few times that they really, so maybe the first time they weren't really dead. They didn't get that noted. They weren't that noticed that, hey, they're coming out here. Right. And that's the other thing that is probably another, you know, reason there's no billboard signing. There's not a lot of, you know, local promotions. There's no, I mean, unless you're a wrestling fan following, you know, hardcorely AEW or, you know, their fa- fan page, you're not really, Knowing there's a lot of people that don't even know if they come into town half the time, or by the time they come, they know it's too late to get tickets because it's not in their financial budget anymore. But so, and it's it is a hit or miss, I think. But you know, you go out the first time in Cincinnati or the second time in Cincinnati, I expect a bigger pop. But now, since you're starting to, people are starting to catch on. You know, I would trade. I would honestly trade a smaller venue. WWE does not always make a big hype in the arena that they're in because they do go into college arenas at times mm-hmm. to have shows. I've seen it done before. They still do it out here in the mid mid east. They, they still it. They do it up in Columbus. Yeah, you know they and always so, go to the the basketball arena for Ohio State, which is a little bit smaller. That as you know, you're not holding twenty thousand, thirty thousand people in the in the arena. So, and that's fine because I, for me, sponsor, sorry, let's I go. To, sorry. I have to show my armchair booking uh tumbler, which by the way, unfortunately, I still have mine. Um, a T public do not sell the tumblers anymore. They still sell the coffee mugs. They, do don't they the officially tumblers. got rid of them. Yeah. They got rid of them um, over a year ago. Cause I actually text or text. I emailed and asked, Hey, what are the tumblers? I said, yeah, we don't sell those anymore. Okay. Cause remember like, it was like a long time ago. I told you that I still had them option on mine, but, I don't know. Um, but anyways, my point is, is that I know it's a hit or miss, but if you ask me, I'd rather 
fill a smaller venue knowing that I'm going to get a like packful crowd that way I could show off the entire because I'd rather show off the entire venue saying it's full compared to showing off you know having to play camera roulette with what angles I get right Um, but but I mean you know, I think right now it's the old saying, you know, and I know it's kind of a cop-out saying, but it is what it is. You know, AEW, it's, it's up to them. It's their responsibility to build it back up. And Tony Khan is not helping them. I just fear that, um, or you're kind of concerned that AEW, they're making some of the same mistakes WCW made. because And Tony Khan's not listening to the people who may have been in WCW when it eventually fell. He's not right. listening to them tell him, look, don't do this. That includes Sting. That includes Tony Schiavone. That includes, you know, some of the other ones who were there when everything collapsed. Right. I mean, and then you go listen to a guy like Jericho who was in, you know. He actually, he had already jumped to WWF. And, but because well, he, he saw knew the, what was happening. Oh, yeah. He and... saw the ship was sinking and he's like, I got to go. So, uh, but he actually, Chris Jericho. You know, and this one last thing before we got to move on. But Chris Jericho, I mean, he helped build up AEW. Cody Rhodes helped build up AEW. But then Cody Rhodes started getting left out in the cold and some of the things. He just wasn't happy. But you have people who are the executives who are also wrestlers. So, of course, they're putting some of the storylines about them. They're putting themselves in the spotlight. That was actually something else that hurt WCW. And actually... Jim Crockett and Mid-Atlantic before that. And now, I mean, unfortunately, well, Cody Rhodes' dad, Dusty Rhodes, was notorious for doing that. He was really pushing himself, mm-hmm. you know, at times where... I mean, I can tell you right now, I don't like the Young Bucks. The fact, I mean, I like the Young Bucks. I don't like the idea that they came out last week to, you know, earlier this week and to ruin the, oh, Sting's last match. And they're, um, they're saying now the Young Bucks might actually be Sting's last opponent. Um, but I can tell you right now, sorry, I grabbed myself something else to drink. Um, um, somebody who's going to be there is going to be our friend, Ted, the Hillbilly Hill, yeah. uh, from the podcast. It used to be called um, The Hill Truth. Now it's Ted's Takes on Wrestling. And but he's still he's a big, big, big fan of the Hills. He can tell you all, all about how Hill should go. I mean, he's just. Uh, Ted's a genius. I mean, he really is the podfather, but he is fortunate l- enough to live in North Carolina. And I say okay. fortunate enough for a lot of reasons because I'm kind of partial to North Carolina. I, I was born there, lived there for almost 15 years, uh, right down the road from the Hardy Boys, actually. And, and Shannon Moore, who I tried to get on the show, but apparently he doesn't want to return my phone calls. But anyway, that's another <laughs> story. Uh, but Ted's actually going to be in Charlotte. He's actually going to go watch uh, Sting's final show. And I'll, okay. I'll admit, I'll Ooh. be but I'll text Ted right now and say, we're recording. I'm talking about you. I am totally <laughs> jealous because he's actually going to be able too. to watch that. I mean, that is awesome. One of my childhood dreams was to go watch The Undertaker at Mania. And mm. I never got a chance to do it. And, you know, I've seen him on SmackDown plenty of times, but to see him do, do the what he's best at doing is at Mania. Year mm-hmm. in and year out. I don't care. There was, I don't, I mean, yeah, he's had injuries. He's had concussions. There was, you know, certain things, you know, he was getting old, but he still did it to the best of his ability every year. WrestleMania never disappointed, even though he went, goes on to say that he didn't have greatest matches. I'm sorry. WrestleMania was his greatest time. That's what 
Undertaker was there for, and to not be able to see him at, you know, one of my wrestling idols, I put him on my Mount Rushmore, not to be able to see him in that capacity is very upsetting. So Sting's my second. Not to see Sting in his final matches, you know, match, or having got a chance to see Sting at all is very upsetting, uh, you know. Um, I've seen Sting like in person. Yeah. I can see him from a distance because not I was not about to pay two hundred dollars to stand in the line, you know, to actually meet him. Unfortunately, um, it'd be worth it. It maybe you, you know, had the with, money, but two hundred dollars a little bit, you know, with all the other money I was spending. But I can sure. see him. I got a picture of him like up in a corner at the gymnasium at the um, the Ohio University Chillicothe campus. But one of the things about Undertaker, and this is a good chance for me to segue into the actual topic of the show. How many Royal Rumbles has the Undertaker won? Because you said WrestleMania is his event. No, Absolutely. Uh, he's won one Royal Rumble. That's won, his... Uh, one. Right? One. Yep. One. One. Now, he's had some pretty good moments at the Rumble, but I mean, but the Rumble was not his thing. He's only won one Rumble, and that was in... 2007. Uh, 2007. You're absolutely right. He went to go on and beat Batista when they had the whole Batista World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, you had Bobby Lashley, ECW Champion, I believe. And that was also, yeah. And did that become the year that it was the hair versus hair with Lashley uh, and Umaga? Yes. Because, because then they caused Bobby to CM Punk, and it was CM Punk versus, uh, do. I want to say his name. I, I may be wrong, but is it Chris? Or was it with somebody else? Talking about Punk and Benoit? Yeah. Um, was that WrestleMania 7 for the ECW Championship? You know, 2000, was Benoit... 2007 was the year Benoit did. Yeah, but that was later that year, right? That was later that year. He won the title. It was after WrestleMania. Um... Me... But was it Punk and Benoit at WrestleMania? You know what? Let me... And then uh... I think Cena had Edge and Big Show? Or um, Triple H? This was... It was the Mania that was in Detroit. Uh, one of the main events was uh, Lashley and Umaga. But uh, Donald Trump was in Lashley's corner. Vince McMahon was in Umaga's corner. And one of those two, the, the Battle of the Billionaires, was going to get their head shaved and ended up being, um, you know, um, VKM, you know, Vincent, Vincent Kimde McMahon, who got his head shaved. Um, let me see. You were talking about, uh, no, Benoit went against MVP. Okay, I remember. Yep. Yep. That was United the, States Championship. Yep. Uh, the Undertaker. I think that kicked things off, did that not? I want to say. Uh, no. The show. No, no, that um, was the second match. It was the Money in the Bank. Uh, it wasn't even the second match. No, no. It was, it was. Well, if you include the dark match, it was actually the fourth match. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I, I'm a little all all over the place. Uh, let's see. Lashley beat Omaga. Melina beat Ashley Masaro. Cena beat Shawn Michaels. Um, no, Cena Michaels, but it was Batista. I know it was Batista. This Batista, was, yeah, Undertaker beat Batista for the the world title. This um, was this was the year. It was what what, what WrestleMania was it? WrestleMania twenty three. This yeah, was everything yeah. was small. They brought everyone back to childhood size as their video package. Um, well, that one's Punk or was we involved. Are young. 
but Punk was involved, but he was part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so that's that's what that one was all about. But yeah, the Undertaker's only won one, which you know he's yes. been involved in some other ones, obviously. Uh, but his first one that he was actually in was in 1991. Um, but the very first Rumble. The very first Rumble match was actually in 1988, and it was actually held in Canada. And of all people to win it, Hacksaw Duggan. Yes. It was a 20-man match. And uh, when you go back and watch it, if you're a fan of the old school wrestling like I am, you can actually, you know, you might enjoy it, but it was a lot different because heels were heels, faces were faces. They did not... um you know, and you could tell like they would kind of align themselves together when they would get in the ring. Every once in a while, you'd see a heel attack a heel, like demolition attacking each other when they they were the first two in the ring. That wasn't eighty eight. I think that was ninety, where demolition were the first two people in the ring, and you know, so they went at each other. But the style was a lot different. Um, now, of course, I mean, a lot of it it's almost like Crash TV. You know, but it is a lot more fun and exciting uh, to watch in a way. But, you know, but you, if you look at some of the names that have been in the Rumbles who did not win, you would think someone like Andre the Giant would win. Andre the Giant's been in two Rumbles, did not win. Um, so I didn't think that the Royal Rumble, and it's actually, become, it's actually very surprising that you didn't see Taker win a lot sooner, knowing that that was literally literally 17 years since he debuted in the WWE before he finally got that break. But the rumble, in my opinion, was also an opportunity to give those guys who just needed that little bit extra to get over, you know, it's really what pushed Kevin Nash back when he, he had just came in WWF as diesel yeah, he was the bodyguard for Shawn Michaels. Uh, but everyone's like, okay, he's just this big, tall. He's seven foot tall. He's legit seven foot tall. I've I've stood next to him, had a picture taken with him. Yeah, the dude. I mean, I felt short next to him, and I'm not. I'm six one, and I'm right. like looking up at him. But his when he really started getting pushed, the '94 Rumble, when when he came in, and it, it was really to me it was the first time you saw somebody like that one person who just dominated the rumble because right. he came in. Um, let's see. Owen Hart was in the ring. Um, one of the Steiners was still in the ring. I think it was mm -hmm. um, Scott Steiner was still in the ring. Uh, plus a couple other people. Well, Kevin Nash came in the ring and he just started tossing fools over the top rope. He was the Brock Lesnar before Brock Lesnar. Yes. Joined. Yeah. And, and he was just standing there waiting and then, of course, you know, you had like Virgil came out where he took care uh -huh. of him. But in fact, actually, if you watch that back, you'll all of a sudden see it's like, oh, that looks like he's throwing some shots for real. Well, it turns out Virgil was throwing his lefts and rights, and he actually did. He popped Kevin Nash in the face. And so Kevin Nash, you know, kind of when he tossed him out, he, he put a little bit of pepper behind it. Uh, but he thought, I think it was Bob Backlund was another one he threw out. Then he threw out, um, like, I think it was Quang, who turned out to be Savio Vega in a mask. But he threw out... Quang, and then it was when um, Randy Savage came in. This was one of Randy Savage's last matches in WWE, actually. Uh, when Savage came in, you know, then all of a sudden it kind of um, 
you know, it slowed down, but he's, he threw out seven guys, you know, just by himself before all that. And so that was like, to me, that was the first case of that. Then you saw it a couple years later with stone cold. He was in there stone cold. He threw somebody, you know, he'd empty the ring and he'd sit in the corner looking at his imaginary watch. And then you had, um, you know, some of the other ones, uh, punk now punk did it like from the beginning of the match because, and he was doing his promos. And I thought that him doing that, I mean, that was, um, I liked the way they did that one. I'm not a huge CM Punk fan. People know that because, um, I think his ability in the ring is above average, but his actions outside the ring, he tries to make everything about CM Punk. I'm not a big fan of that, but the way he did that in the beginning and he's, basically like lecturing everybody and as soon as somebody comes in he throw them out and then he lecture them again and i mean it almost looks like a video game in a way but it's still fun to watch because you're like okay is this guy going to make it happen and then of course um just a few years ago in 2020 that's when they had lesnar doing that he was the champion right and you know of course when he's he threw out the first 13 competitors i know that's yeah now they did that partly also Vince McMahon was really high on Brock Lesnar. He was trying to push, no matter what was going on, he was always going to try to push Lesnar. Right. You know, well, he um, was he was your moneymaker at the time. Let's not forget about yeah, that. I mean, he, oh, he could they return, they refer to him. Yeah. I mean, now he can make some money, but I think by this point, the fans may have gotten kind of tired to, of it. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, because that was the one, uh, he didn't throw out Ricochet before drew mcintyre came to the ring ricochet hit him with the low blow and then mcintyre hit him with a claymore kick knocked mm-hmm. him out of the ring over the top rope he's eliminated fans just popped like it was you know uh, you know we was- got to admit at some point though that over 30 years sometimes things become a bit stale especially when we see a lot of repetition mm-hmm. and then and, and, and you know what it's also a good factor because every four or five years to have those new guys come in and do the same thing. If you know the same way, if not better, for example, Ray Mysterio lasted the entire Royal rumble. Then we see Gunther last year who lasted the entire Royal rumble. Uh, Now, now he lasted a long time. He came in. I think he came in at number what, two or three and he lasted until he limit. He was, he lasted two. He was what the final two. He was, yeah, Gunther, I think, was the last person thrown out. Um, let me let me verify that. So while you're on top of that, we, you know, we talk about the room of opportunity breaking in the new guys. You saw AJ Styles, who could have used, he needed a Royal Rumble win to kind of help him push and become just that much better because he had to create his own WWE legacy because everyone kept on referring him back to his indie days. Shinsuke Nakamura Another guy who people knew him prior to coming into the WWE, but he uh-huh. needed to make his own stamp. And so winning the Royal Rumble did that for him and kind of kept, you know, pushed him up a little bit because maybe you weren't taking him as serious. You know what I'm saying? Um, Gunther last year, he was number one and he lasted all the way. He was I mean, number number 29. He, now, he, he has the longevity record now, an hour, 11 minutes and 40 seconds. By the way, when I talk about any kind of records, I am not in, including the greatest Royal Rumble over in Saudi Arabia. That yeah. was 60 people. And that was like, uh, was that 60? There were 60. In that really? Yes. I thought it was 50. 
You know what? Let or, me ask, yeah, I thought that was a 50-man you know Royal Rumble. I don't know. That. I, I, I thought it was 60. That's a bit much. I didn't even know WWE had 60 men on their roster, period. Uh, well, they, they were borrowing, you know, uh, some people made returns. Jericho actually returned just for that match. Uh, let me... I didn't know that was, I thought that was like a 40 man roster. Even like, uh, let me, I'm calling 40. Oh, it was I think 50, it was 40. It, it was 50. 50. I know, okay. I know, I know it wasn't 40 because there's been one rumble that was actually 40 people. Wasn't that when Triple H? Or no, Roman it was uh, Alberto Del Rio. Oh. Del Rio. Man, <laughs> I can't roll my I can't roll my R's today. My Spanish teacher in high school, he would slap me for that. So, um, but yeah, you know, it, I think the Royal Rumble overall has created spotlights. I mean, you we can always talk about you know, and and cherish the moments that Kofi Kingston saved himself from the Rumble. You know. Um, we, very you know, we gotta throw ways. The, yeah. The female rumble where Mandy Rose gets eliminated but lands on Otis. But yeah. they had the relationship and that yeah. saved her. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it fails, but those bring excitement. Plus, you also what was so great, and I think they kind of fell off a little bit, is that you just didn't know who was next. It also provided a opportunity that if someone was to return to the Royal Rumble, you know, and you know, like for just, hy- just hypothetical, we saw Jay Cargill in you know debut at the Rumble number thirty. I'm I w- just, I was honestly going to ask that: Has Jade Cargill wrestled in WWE? I she yet? was injured. No, I thought she got hurt, and they weren't ready for her yet. Okay, because I, I know, know she came there, and everybody's happy. But I'm like, but is then is it is this year the good time to do it? Because she doesn't really have any opponents as big as her right now. Because Charlotte Flair's on on the yeah, IL until after WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's going to be MCA MCL ACL. I believe that she's got something. Like oh, I mean, it's a bad two one. weeks ago. Um, I mean, and that's something. The your ACL yeah. and MCL, that's not something to mess around with. Um, then what's her name? Uh, Breezy just had her knee just reconstructed it like last yep. year, and she had a, she had actually been wrestling on an injured knee for a while. Didn't realize how bad it was until you know she had the surgery and that put her out for a bit yeah and then now apparently Cora Jade from NXT is out with uh I think knee injury also yeah I mean knee injuries uh-huh. are very common well I mean you know yourself knee injuries are very common just in sports in general but when you have um an athletic you know even if you want to say whatever sports entertainment but the fact that they land on their knees literally putting mm-hmm. all their body weight on their knees and that's on purpose and then when you have something like an accident happen you know um of course knee you know, and they're not knee injuries are not fun because now all of a sudden you're affecting your ability to move. Um, right. you know, and so I have to use crutches. My wife just had foot surgery, and she could tell you she hated when she was finally able to graduate to using crutches. She hated them. She did not like the knee scooter. She did not. She uh, liked the crutches even um, less. But but she knew it was a necessary evil for her to be able to successfully rehab her foot, which she's walking fine. And she said it still hurts occasionally now, but, right. but yeah, so any kind of you're, you're dealing with like a knee injury. I mean, because it affects your mobility and it definitely affects your, uh, your wrestling capabilities. And so Charlotte, I mean, we you know, hopefully maybe she can come back. I know some people don't like Charlotte. Uh, and it's not that they don't like her wrestling. They don't like how they're really, they constantly push her, but I mean, she's also the one, she's got a lot of ability. Jay Cargill, is also very athletic. She's Charlotte Flair's the the 
woman to beat in the WWE. Yeah. And in my opinion, she's the Brock Lesnar of the women's division. Um, let me see. Let me look up the female winners. There's only been, uh, let's see. One. But, I mean, it does. I mean, it's the room of being surprised. And, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I just feel like the last couple of years, we haven't been surprised because they've been focused on instead of calling in those names, let's build within the house. And that's fine. They need it. But I, I've lost the element of, all right, who's next? Is that really a big name? You know, and do you really see him, them, him or her winning? Well, last year, I was not a fan of Cody winning mm-hmm. because I didn't think Cody needed to win a rumble. He shouldn't have not, ha- he should not have had to win a rumble to get a title shot. Cody was good enough. I mean, with the name and everything, you, they could have just given him a title shot at a different kind of uh, feud without having him win the rumble. Of course, this was also, I think this was also before they established the new world title that Seth Rollins has now. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I could definitely be wrong about that, but, um, but last year, Rhea Ripley now winning the, uh, the women's rumble. Oh, I definitely agreed with that. You know, because Rhea Ripley's earned it. Uh, the only other person, I think the only other, uh, woman who I would think I would have been, uh, backing on that one probably would have been a Shayna Baszler because Shayna Baszler is another one who's definitely earned her place and she's very legit. They need to put, you know, they need to get a good push behind her. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're talking about the rumble being used to kind of push some of the people who would not, not necessarily gotten a push otherwise. I mean, like I said, Diesel didn't win that rumble, but it put him on the map. It did. Yeah. You know, Kofi um, Kingston was put on the map. Yep. Um, you know, I, I do. This is, I, I will disagree with you on this. I mean, eventually, when Rhodes comes back, I don't think that they're waiting around to tell his story, that they have years to tell his story. I think they want him to come in, tell his story, and to go. And he is one person who has yet to win the Royal Rumble, or he was one yet to win the Royal Rumble. And I felt like he does deserve a Rumble victory. And so if you don't, if you didn't give it to him last year, when do you give it to him? Because I feel like now you've established that foundation. Now he knows what he's back for and he can now work, whether it happens this year, whether it happens next year, it builds him. And at that element at the top that yes, he's already up there, but would he still be as high up if it wasn't for the rumble? I mean, a lot of people now can re reflect back to like you know there are athletes that have won the rumble and it has been in the name it's been in the top conversations because of the rumble and maybe their victory as well well i mean some people say having del rio win the rumble like the 40-man rumble when it happened um a lot of people were not high on him just because his personality and now of course we know del rio you know him behind the scenes he was just not a good person you know um 
but I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that every Royal Rumble victory was necessary. Del Rio, I didn't see a purpose on why they even pushed him. He wasn't never, it it never fit for me the bill or the storyline. But I mean, to see like Batista, for example, they could have created another way to go around that storyline instead of him winning a Rumble match. Um, you're talking about the Batista from 2014 where he came in, yes. he, he won the Rumble, and people booed mm-hmm. it. Of course, yeah. the ironic thing about that year, they booed not him. They were necessarily, it was they booed Roman Reigns not winning that Rumble because um, right. they, that, that was a weird year because they were, okay, the fans... When number 30 came out and it was not Daniel Bryan. Right. It was Rey Mysterio. They booed Rey Mysterio. How do you boo Rey Mysterio? But it was just they were booing that it was not Daniel Bryan. Right. And then Roman Reigns, I mean, this was kind of the one that really showcased him first. I mean, he was already part of the Shield. He had been doing good things. He, he, You know, if you had to say who's really the leader or the like the tough guy of the Shield, it would have been Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then he was doing good in that Rumble, so they started getting behind him because he was still kind of an underdog. And then Batista returned. Batista had just returned not that long before that, like literally like a week or so before that. And he's in it, and he wins, and all of a sudden he's being pushed, and so people were booing that. Um, and that he won the Rumble, went to Mania, Daniel lost Bryan. Lost at Mania, and, and lost at Mania. Yeah, and then disappeared because he's going back to making uh, movies. I mean, where he's making probably a lot more money. And I'm sure he I, didn't like that triple threat match as much as anybody else probably didn't well, like it. I mean, Because they, they put Daniel Bryan in the triple threat match. They were forced uh, to. Yeah, they, they were forced to. Go, well, the fans were like, look, we want Daniel Bryan. That's, we're that's not were... going to have Orton and Batista main event our WrestleMania without Daniel Bryan. Right. And that was Vince McMahon not listening to the fans. He was dictating to the fans what they want to like and not like. And it's like, you that life doesn't work like that, dude. So let me ask you that. Royal Rumble match, Royal Rumble winners that did not work out. We see them a lot, actually, more periodically. Normally, a Royal Rumble winner typically goes into Mania and wins a championship. That was at least the trend for six, seven years. Um, Back in the early 2000s? uh, Let's see. Yokozuna was the first one to actually win a Rumble where the stipulation was they got the title match at Mania. Um, Before that, of course, uh, well, the year prior was the first time the championship itself was on the line in the Rumble because the whole story, Taker and Hogan, Hogan was a champion, Taker beat him at Survivor Series, though we had help from Flair, I reckon enough. like five days later, um, Taker loses it back to Hogan, but Hogan had thrown ashes in Taker's face that he pulled out of the. That was in course. Was that the first championship Taker won? Uh, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that match. I hate that. I yeah. that was the the worst. Uh, the only reason why Hogan won it back was because he threw a fit to McMahon. Yeah, and and claimed that Taker landed to him on his neck, which was not true, and. Mm, and Taker I'm sorry, t- that, that was a very story that oh, oh, and Taker, Hogan for me. And Taker at the time was only like 23 years old. 
Come you on. know, it's a, yeah, he was only like 23, maybe 24. And so he was still pretty young in the business and he was actually scared because he is, he'd been accused of basically almost breaking the neck of the replay. Yeah. Well, time. when you look at the replay, well, I mean, you could still see it. I mean, Hogan's head was a good four inches away from the mat. So it didn't even hit, but you know, but they had, of course, they stripped the title, held it up from the This Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view. They were trying to look at ha- holding pay-per-views in other days besides Saturday and Sunday. Right. Obviously, that didn't work, but they had the This Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view, which was not bad. By the way, I think that was also, was that the same pay-per-view? I'll have to look it up, where the snake clamped on to... Um, oh, was that, was that the time, set. too? Yeah, I think it was the oh. same one. Uh, by the way, do you know who the referee was for that match? That wasn't our... Local referee, was it? It was our local, our favorite local promoter. Roger Ruffin. Roger Ruffin, yeah. He, yeah. Was actually, he was actually the ref for that match. So he got to see it firsthand. I don't blame him for not stepping in. The snake bites him. <laughs> it sucks to be you, dude. I'm out. But anyway, and so they held the title up and at the 92 Royal Rumble in January. Uh, of course, Flair goes in. By the way, if you ask me what my favorite Rumble was, what I think the best one was, it was 92 still. That one was just, if you look at all the people who were in that rumble, you know, all the former, at the time, the former world champions who were in that rumble, plus there was also some future world champions in that rumble as well. That was still my favorite, but that was the first time that the belt itself was that you put on as a stipulation of win the rumble. It, before that, I mean, it was just, you won the rumble. Yay. Now what? You know, there was no, nothing, there was no really, there was not really a prize for winning the rumble. And so, to, I guess, it probably to garner more interest in it because, and also in 90 and 91, Hogan won both of those Rumbles. So they were still, um, you know, they were still pushing Hogan to the moon, but people were really starting to get tired of Hogan. And, you know, they're like, okay, Hogan wins again. Yay. And... And so when Flair won the title in the Rumble in, in 92, after that, they they said, okay, whoever wins the Rumble gets a title match at WrestleMania. Talking about the ones who did not win title, who really didn't do much for them. In fact, it was almost a waste. Um, Vince McMahon actually won the Rumble in 99. And then he gave up the title shot. You know, he said, okay, I'm going to relinquish it. But of course, they went to the runner-up, which was Stone Cold. So, right. um, wasn't that also part of the Austin and McMahon feud? Yes. Um, the next year it was the rock who won it, but they showed on the replay rocks feet actually touched the ground when he pulled big show over the top rope. So, well, that- and then we can't forget about the, the rumble where both Cena and Batista, Touch ground, the, uh, you know, the unplanned. That was unplanned. <laughs> you that can't was, script that. No, I mean, well, <laughs> in 94 was the one they actually had the co-winners. That was Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Right. And But that one, they actually planned it. And they, now, re- they relied on Bret Hart to right. actually make sure. Now, the camera angles, if you look, there's no camera actually on their feet. They did right. that on purpose. But at so, the same time, they relied on Bret Hart let me to ask make you sure that. that. Let me ask you this. If you know if you got a chance to go back to the rumble with Cena and Batista, 
where then you have the spiel because it, this is what makes it exciting now because not only you have two winners, one from Raw, run one from SmackDown, and wasn't Cena was supposed to win that one? No, Batista won it. Batista was well, yeah, he won it. Okay, so not only you have um, that, but then you have. So I'm just shaking up a bottle here for. Her. You're fine. Um, but then you have Vince McMahon storming down to the ring because Edge tells a story how he's walking back and as he sees Vince McMahon, fury, you know, angry for you know whatever reason, and then he tears both of his quads getting into yeah, the ring, getting into the ring, and then they just restart the match so that Batista could win. Batista, what goes on to face? Who does he face that year? Um, let's see. That was in two thousand five. So he's going on to face what Booker T at the let's see that no, was in that was in WrestleMania twenty one. Uh, let's see. Whoops. JBL. Well, they had a number one contenders tournament. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, da, 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 SmackDown. Uh, Triple H. Batista, he beat Triple H, Ric Flair Company, Triple H. This was part of the evolution separating. Yes. Okay. And well, but this is part of Batista separating himself because mm-hmm. Randy Orton separated a year prior when he becomes the youngest WWE champion. Mm-hmm. And then Batista sees everything Randy does and knows that he's not just going to be a pond or decoy or the bodyguard of Hunter. So. Because, yeah, I mean, but okay. So knowing that now, knowing would, would you you have still kept that storyline going? Okay, they're going to restart the match. We had to have a winner, or could you have them compete for the number one contender spot at the next? Then they have elimination chamber still, or no? Was that not then yet? Uh I don't. I don't think they did, but. I mean, but either way, I think because there's always at least one. Wasn't there like no mercy or something like that? There, there's always at least one pay per view in between the Rumble and Mania. Sometimes, and so you could have always had them had a one on one match, which would have been yes. incredible, and then have Batista win another way to earn right. the contender spot. But anyways, would you have changed that or kept it the same, knowing now what? You um, know, well. If they were planning on pushing Batista, I see why they restarted it. But you know, because having the co-winners in '94 was not the most popular thing to do. You know, uh, even back then, uh, Bret Hart was really being pushed. Yeah. Luger was being pushed, and he probably shouldn't have been. But that was a story, you know, for back then. They were mm-hmm. trying to have Luger be basically be the replacement for Hulk Hogan, and it, it was never going to work because um, Luger. Um, his personality was, you know, Hogan would actually go out and meet the fans. Luger would not, you know, so there was a big difference. Now Luger's a, a changed person. Now he's actually, uh, apparently he's like one of the nicest guys. Now they said he was not back then, but with Batista and Cena. Um, and I think this is also kind of a thing that shows WWE. Sometimes they, they don't plan for the unforeseeables. Now yeah. having, Two people legitimately, because anytime you watch that video back, you try to slow it down, try to tell me who actually hit first. And, you know, one of them had to have, but it was so close that 
you know, the human eye just could not distinguish it. But And if you didn't plan for something like that, because who would have thought, especially the way they did it, you know, when Batista picked up Cena and then just lost his balance and they just went yeah. tumbling over the top rope and you say, well, who hit He first? would have thought Cena would have went down faster. I, I don't know. But That's, they uh, could they. I- they couldn't have planned that the way that one happened in, in my, in my lifetime, that is probably one of my favorite, um, you know, Royal rumble matches because I mean, you know, we gotta, I mean, I don't know. There's just something to me about from the attitude era or no, not the attitude era, the ruthless aggression era, right? There's just something to me that stands out. And those, venues that and those were rumbles that just were so priceless that you go back now and maybe because they're all legends now right they're all future hall of famers um and i'm sure you probably you know you may have felt the same way you know at that time saying oh well you know you know back in the 90s you know with all these uh you know the lex lugers the bret hart yokozuna hulk hogan you know things are definitely changed it's not the same um, but yeah, I think, you know, for me, and if you asked me splitting down what, you know, because they also were very creative around the ruthless aggression era with the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. you know, um, tell me if I'm not, cause I'm just thinking about this. We talk about statistics. Was there any time in history where a Royal Rumble winner was not able to compete for that title at Mania because of an injury or for whatever reason. You know what? I don't, I think every and, single time. And well, if that's well, the case, then isn't that a statistic themselves itself? Because you're telling me a 30, what, seven years or 36 years, not including this year, you're going off of the notion that someone that you had 60 days before Mania, before you can, uh, um, with with someone who wins, obviously they're competing in other matches, getting ready for Mania, and they did not injury because a lot of people sustain injuries all the time. Um, with the exception of Vince McMahon winning it, because okay. that was that should have never happened either. But um, I don't think anybody. Yeah, you know, so I'm looking at the list right now, and no, um, that's a pretty remarkable. Yeah, nobody has actually gotten hurt prior to Mania. Um, the closest anybody came to actually not getting the title shot, though, as far as I know, um, they had the whole thing with, you know, when The Rock, when the only time he won the Rumble, by the way, mm-hmm. that was in 2000. And like I said, when he eliminated Big Show, his Rock's feet actually touched the ground first. Right. You know, and they showed that later on. It was it was a screw up, but it happened they'd already cleared the rock to winner. So they said, okay, we're going to have, it's going to be a triple threat, the rock and big show against whoever the champion was at the time. I think it was triple H. And then just to add even more drama to it, that's when they added Mick Foley. And that was the fatal four way. That was the mania. They only had one match. That was a singles match. Everything else was um, like triple threat, four ways, whatever. Right. That was in 2000. That mania is considered like one of the worst ones, but right. Um, but that was when they had the McMahon in every corner, you know, that's right. the, the fatal four way. So, but that's the closest I know, because they said that big show 
was still pretty green because mm-hmm. he had only been with the company like maybe a year. They realized in WCW, they had not taught him a lot of things that they should have taught him. They, they were just like, you're big. Just go in there and wrestle. Oh, yeah. I, I I mean, and you hear their stories from guys like Kane, Taker, that they had to really shape him. And this was more of a yeah. business. He learned more about the business in the WWE than anything else. Right. And he was actually sent to OVW for a bit Just to it. actually, yeah, uh, to lose weight. That was part of it. Um, and to stop smoking because apparently Big Show, he was a, a chain smoker for a bit. But yeah, that's as far as I know. That's like the only time they, they came close. Now, I mean, I hopefully we don't jinx somebody by, <laughs> you know, this year, all of a sudden somebody goes in there and then they, they win it, but then they get hurt. But I mean, right. I they have, I don't know if we want to call it contingency plans, but no. when somebody gets hurt, you know, you they have to have uh, some kind of plan because, you know, otherwise you can't say, you know, they, they would, you would think they would have to plan for injuries because injuries happen whether they want to or not. Injuries, you know, are not planned. Obviously you can have a planned surgery, but you can, you're not going to plan for somebody specifically to have an injury. So they need to have something like that and say, okay, if this person gets injured, who's going to be the person to step in. So in your, you know, your, your, you know, in your thoughts, when it comes out of rumble, should the winner of the rumble, I mean, yeah, they get the title, you know, Uh they're choosing, but should they, should it be an automatic win? Are you okay with them coming up short? Because Cody's Um, done it. Brock's what? I think Brock's done it, I believe. Ronda yeah. did it, right? Ronda didn't. Ronda lose, or does she win? A couple um, of years ago when she won. Came I, think back she had, and won I, I think she won the title. Um, let me see. Let me look I, I've just noticed that there's been athletes that have won the Royal Rumble recently, more recently than not. But then they go on to lose that title, and... And I think it's okay every once in a while because you you know yeah it's an opportunity and it's not guaranteed, but does it get in the way? Does it become a pointless matter? Because the only one I see out of the people who have lost is Cody because now there's a story behind it because he obviously wanted to win that title that they're. His family is trying to capture right in the WWE, um, right? Because because Dusty never held the uh, Gold Dust never held it either. So, right. um, and obviously that failed. But there's a story afterwards that now is more is better telling because you could be like, all right, he's having to climb his way back up to the top. You know, you got this break, you lose it, you go down to the bottom, now you're climbing your way to the top, and but all these other ones, you lose it, you're done. You kind of maybe you carry on one more month, but you kind of just become an afterthought. Like Edge, for example, Edge won that Royal Rumble, ends up getting put into a what a triple threat match with Daniel and Roman, ends up losing, and then they just blow it off like nothing ever happened. Uh, yeah, that was just a couple years ago too. Yeah, Ronda she lost uh, Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania that year. Um, Wasn't that the year that Brock lost? Uh, you know what? Let me. Because Brock won it, I was furious that year. Brock won it. He he ended up lose. He ended up going back. He that was the same night or earlier that month. Then he, I swear, I'm sorry, but didn't he win? This is when they unified the titles. 
He went on to win the title against. Uh, uh let me let me look. Um, sorry, I'm having to rely on Wikipedia. Um, Didn't he like win the Royal Rumble and then go went on to the uh, Fatal Five Way or something like that because Bobby was sick or something? Brock won the title. Brock won. Let's see. He came to Royal, he came into the Royal Rumble as the uh, lost to Bobby Lashley over the match. And then he came back. I remember this too because I was about ready to throw stuff at my TV. He came back as the surprise number thirty entrant in the Rumble. Won the match. Uh, sorry, Kyle. I know you're a big Brock fan, but I was not a fan of that. But uh, sorry, Kyle. He's you know former co-host, huge Brock Lesnar fan. And that was the year that they for both Brock and Roman unified the titles. Yes, it was because Brock won the title at the Elimination Chamber. That was when Bobby Lashley got hurt. Still came in the chamber, but they had him getting hurt at the chamber and then couldn't compete. And right. so he lost. I mean, he was legitimately hurt. And so they had to like, oh, crap, he's got the title. But, so we need but to. But then both Brock, the Royal Rumble winner, and Ronda, the Royal Rumble winner for the women's both side. Both of them lost. And I was well, like, isn't that just a waste of pure they of, did. Like, Growth? They did. They did the same thing in 2018. It was the first year they had the women's rumble. Oscar won that one. Shinsuke won the men's. They both lost at WrestleMania. Wasn't Oscar facing Charlotte? Yes, because and then Oscar all of a sudden they just had her just sliding downhill for a while because she was she was undefeated in NXT before she jumped to the main roster, uh, right. which was normally before they left NXT. If they were a title holder, they would drop the title to somebody. But they didn't do that with her because Oscar. I mean, she was phenomenal. She still is. Yep. And she came in main roster. They were pushing, pushing, pushing. And then when she lost to Charlotte, she lost like every match for a year after that. Well, let's not forget about Shayna Baszler. She was at the top of the NXT Women Division. She mm-hmm. ended up dropping the title or uh, and then moving up to main roster. Now she's just below this average. And, and I, don't, I don't get that because Shayna Baszler is very legit. You know, well, she, I mean, I think they're using her a little bit better now with Zoe Stark, but I mean, she's way behind. I think she's lost too mm-hmm. much time to really build her stuff to, up to be anything. And of course, um, I I don't think it should be an automatic that they win. I do like the automatic title shot because it does add a stipulation, and you kind of want to see that, especially when you're watching the Rumble now. People watch it, and now it's the anticipation of. Who's the next person? Which, by the way, they say every 90 seconds. Some years has been two minutes. One year it was one minute. I'm always you, timing it. <laughs> yeah, if you try to time it, don't. But when does that, they don't, they're also not clear when does it start. Does it start from when that next person enters the ring? Does it start when they enter, you know, the stage? Is it's there a halfway to, point? It's supposed to be, and this is the way they line it out. Now, Bruce Pritchard has actually talked about on his podcast, yeah, it's never right on 90 seconds, whatever. Sometimes I've also just... heard that, you know, between the two wrestlers before and then that person, like they're supposed to do like a little quick, you know, 90 second thing. So as soon as that comes done, then it then they're counting down like maybe 15, you know, within a time right. frame. I mean, it you you would think like any kind of stopwatch situation like that, that as soon as. The 90 seconds, ding, whoop, the next one's automatically starting. But, but it's, sometimes they these don't do venues, that. you have to admit, by the time someone gets down to the ring, with how long the entrance is, yes. the 90 seconds is up. Yes, because now, and I <laughs> I don't remember which was the first year. I think it was 2019, maybe Wasn't in that in Arizona or something like that? Or, yes, 
because now, yeah, they're doing the rumble. People got this, carry down to the ring. If, if this tells you how big the rumble itself as an event has gotten, and it's because of the Royal Rumble match. Most people couldn't tell you the other matches on the card, you know, because yeah. especially now that they have two rumble matches, you know, those are two matches that are both going to last over an hour. So it does not leave you much time they for only anything got like else. Two, maybe three matches at best. Right. And, yeah. but now that like this year, they're having a Tropicana field down in Tampa. Uh, so of course, I mean, that is a long walk from the back, well, you know, and, and I'm sorry to say this, but they could always build a tunnel, do something that can, you know, bring it closer. And they just choose not to because they want the fans there on the floor. I think they think it's more exciting. I don't know. I don't necessarily like the long entrances, but I mean, they're, they're big enough to host Royal Rumble's big enough to host at a stadium, I guess. Yeah. And now we also don't know how many seats are empty, but it may be a case of the Rumble has gotten so big. It's too big for an arena, but not quite big enough for a stadium. And so it's kind of find, kind of hard to find that middle ground. But well, this is it goes back to the whole saying of all right, I'd rather have it sold out and I'm saying like I'm sorry. But if you don't get a chance to purchase your tickets, I can't make everyone happy. I'd rather have a right. sold-out arena than having half the stadium empty because you also think about this. How much do you think that stadium costs to rent? And do you – I mean, yeah, WWE could afford it, but we go back to, like, to AEW. You, how much is it to rent out Heritage Bank Arena compared to renting out maybe the fifth and third bank arena at the you know, University of Cincinnati? You know what I'm saying? Mm. I get I get it less seats, but it's probably not as expensive. Probably not, probably not as expensive, and you know, and so you can recoup more of your money. But like you said, with the long entrances, some and depending on who it is. Now, if I would thinking, okay, if I was a wrestler, knowing that I'm going to be in this match for you know 10, 15 minutes, maybe you know, even if yeah. I know I'm not going to be winning it, but I know I'm going to be in there for a little bit, I'm not going to blow myself up running into the ring i may jog you know just kind of keep the blood flowing but i'm not going to go on a full sprint i'm not and then we see we see like roman reigns making his way to the ring 20 minutes later i mean it's almost as bad as the undertaker on a regular night (laughs) and i i mean i undertaker's the only person i'd watch from start to finish for an entrance roman reigns i wouldn't i could go watch a whole episode of the big bang theory and then go back and he will still wouldn't be in the ring yet i mean right (laughs) how bad it is and you know, so the Rumble, like I said, has gotten that big to where it's in mm-hmm. stadiums now. Um, probably. Will it be international in the next few years? Well, they're we going first, that way. The very first one was in Canada. So, um, but that would. I'm talking be, about across seas. That, I'm talking about England or. Um, you know, you're like you said. I mean, they they have kind of been going that way. Um, I mean. Besides so, WrestleMania, this is the only other premium live that's in the States. Next month is in Australia. The month after that is what, in England or something like that? I mean, so they've been having more shows over in just the UK in general, besides, you know, England yeah. and Wales. Uh, I don't Which think I like it. A, I don't think they've had a show in Scotland yet, uh, but they have had it obviously in London. They've had one in Cardiff and Wales. I like um, it. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, because there's a huge audience, there's a huge fan base over in uh, the, just the UK as a. And as instead a of taking whole. that hit month after month in the US when you know people can't afford it or won't go to it all the time, you know, you go out to the people who will and, well, you know, first time 
that's the law of supply and demand. You know, I mean, because if you come over there every month, they're not going to they're not going to go. It's kind of like the NFL going over to London. Uh, I mean, I can tell you for a fact, with us, because I saw this myself in 2011, the only NFL game I've ever been to was actually in London. I got free tickets okay. to go watch the Bears and the Bucks. Right. You know, um, but now, I mean, yeah, they the NFL, they were only doing one game a year then. Now they're doing like at least two games a year. There's more of a demand for it. But with wrestling, I mean, they you know, it's, it's the fan base is a little bit different because we were talking like American football. That's why they had to give away tickets wrestling though. You know, they're going to come up, especially when they have like a Drew McIntyre, which by the way, they well, said that's the Drew McIntyre's backyard. Drew McIntyre is Scottish. He's not Welsh. Well, okay. But, so, but here's the, here's my, you know, problem with that is that, you know, how many, in how many, what's the, I don't want to say this without like being disrespectful, but how many people come across the seas just to see WrestleMania. A lot. A lot. I, think, I mean, it's yeah. more than the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. And so why not take, I mean, I'm telling you, in the next decade, I would not be surprised if WrestleMania will be held in the UK or something like that. I just, I, I mean, I know that. that's far-fetched, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, they've had, well, they had SummerSlam in London in 92. Uh, 92 was a good year for wrestling, by the way. But, yeah, they had SummerSlam at at Wembley Stadium. Not Wembley Arena, but Wembley Stadium uh, in 92. They've had, they've had other events in the UK uh, since then. The one, the uh, the Clash of the Castle in mm-hmm. Cardiff, that was a huge, huge event. And I know they've done, yeah. they've done another one since then. I cannot, for the life of me, think of what it was on the top of my head. Uh, and, of course, AEW did their own event over there. The Rumble... Yeah. The, because the rumble, I could see them doing. I'm glad they're going back to Australia. Um, you can also get independent. See, you talk about outside people. Just imagine you go back to the UK and you pick up a couple of those indie wrestlers out there, and just hey, one deal only, just to get a fan hit from the you know locals. Right. Just toss them in. They're not going to win, but you know what? They'll get it. It would draw. I mean, it just draws so much money. And right now. You know, when you have a lot of these WrestleMania, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but I really feel like you get a lot more internationals. I mean, Puerto Rico was such a huge hit yes, last year. I mean, and why not continue that? Go to go to them. Go to the people that are going to buy you stuff. Yes, we're going to be fine here. We're going to be a little butthurt but, because we don't get all the glory, but we're going to be just okay. As long as we get a chance to see it, and see the good mm-hmm. talent, it may be it may start influencing us. All right, take advantage when they are here. But I know if you go do house shows, you go do regular raw SmackDown shows out there more often. And I know this might be a different topic for a different episode, but you know, I, I mean I like it and I just when it comes down to Royal Rumble, one of the four they already did SummerSlam. One of the four big pay-per-views, Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, right? They've already done uh, SummerSlam. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mania eventually go out there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rumble or Survivor Series to go out there. And it's just all, it's all good business. That's what it is. It's and good business. I think you'd have to make sure that you had, well, people will travel to America, uh, but when it comes to other places, they might not travel to some of the other countries. Uh, it is yeah. a little bit. It is a little bit different. Yeah, I can okay. tell you that just from traveling to different countries myself. Um, 
Right. You know, especially with and not right now with the way um, you have skirmishes going on. Yeah, you know, places, I get it. You know, so it may be a little harder. Uh, not only that, but I was thinking about the Royal Rumble because there's going to be, and this is not even including like the undercards, the the non Rumble matches. You're going to have to make sure you have at least 60, 60. performers, you know, yeah. 30 in each match, men's cool. and women's. You have at least a hundred. I could tell you at least a minimum of a hundred. A hundred, a hundred talent. Well, including all the personnel, the commentators, the other, yeah, all that. I mean, so you're going to have at least a hundred, probably upwards of like a hundred. Well, it depends. Some cases they may end up using local workers to do some of the stuff. It all depends on, you know, um, if it's a situation like there's certain places in the states you bring in your own, but there's other places like you go around like Chicago, New York very heavily unionized yeah. you're going to use their local people because if not you're not going to be put on the show they well, won't let from you. my understanding you have um you have wwe has crew members regionally and so they use their regional crew members so that you know besides like the main show they have the main like they have a crew for raw and they have a crew for smackdown for, but for uh-huh. these wwe live events they have regions so mm-hmm. someone has all the West. They, there's a crew for all the West Coast. There's a crew for all the Midwest and the East Coast and the South and you know this and that. So that's from that's the last time I understand. I know budget cuts of mid made, so maybe that's different now. But uh, yeah, it, it does happen that way. Uh, Royal Rumble. Who was your favorite Royal Rumble winner? Probably when Flair won in '92. Um, okay. On top of that, you know, plus Rey Mysterio, just because. Ray Mysterio, when he won it, you know, that was, you know, you had a real life scenario. Eddie, Eddie, yes. um, yeah, Eddie Guerrero passing away. He was Ray Mysterio's best friend, mm-hmm. um, you know, or one of his best friends. Chris Benoit was actually, you know, but you know, Chris, right. we know what happened with Benoit. Uh, just because of what it meant for Ray Mysterio. Plus, he was the smallest guy in the on, in the locker room. And here he is, you know, going, he was number right. two and he. Number two. Well, was Shawn Michaels number one? Uh, that year, uh, I believe Shawn was number one. It may have been. Um, I'll see if I can find it. Um, who was a Royal Rumble? Who was a person that did not win the Royal Rumble that should have won the Royal Rumble? In your mind, um, I'd have to go back and look at some of the Rumbles. I did not. I wasn't down with Edge winning a few years ago. Um. Just because Edge, I mean, I, I thought Did it. Christian deserve a Royal Rumble. No, Christian's number no, one. Okay. I, Christian's a good wrestler. I just don't, I can't see him winning a Rumble just because they, they never pushed him properly in WWE. So for him to win the Rumble, that meant they'd have to have a good push behind him anyway. Um, Ambrose? Maybe. Ambrose, he did, he's done better in AEW than what he did WWE. Um, Del Rio should not have won, I don't think. Oh, um, yeah. Some people, uh, well, Roman Reigns probably should have won it that year, but they weren't ready to push him. The next year, they were pushing him, and he did win, and people booed him, partly because Daniel Bryan, once again. Right. Daniel Bryan probably should have won it the next year. But um, Any um, any uh, Royal Rumble winners that should win it again? Sheamus. Um I like I like to see Sheamus because Sheamus needs Drew McIntyre. Should he win it again? Actually, he could be a pick to win it this year. Well, and then I was going to lead you off of that. I mean, okay, is there anyone that's on the market right now that should 
consider dethroning Stone Cold or tying Stone the, Cold for the third. Yep. Hmm. Uh, the roster right now. I mean, it would be in a couple years, but um, well, maybe the person that that could take out Stone Cold, you know, or tie Stone Cold's record, you know, maybe they're not even on the roster yet. True. You know, um. You know, because Cody would have to win it at least once before he could win it twice and then a third time. Um, I don't see them giving it to Lesnar, you know, because Lesnar's already won two. I don't see them giving it to him again. I don't see them giving it to Edge again. Rollins, maybe, but Rollins already has a title right now, so he's not going to win it. Well, Rollins has only won one that I know of. I can see them giving it to Orton just as like a last hurrah type thing, but are you really going to push Orton for the world title? Right now, he should be the one bringing up. He doesn't have to win it. I mean, we've seen people not win the title. Right. So, well, it could also be a potential, a potential feud with Cody. Maybe. Um, but right now, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost obvious that they could be pushing the rock and Roman at mania. So that means that whoever wins the rumble, you know, unless the rock helps Roman lose the title. I mean, I mean, help me pull some shenanigans to make him lose the title. Whoever's winning the rumble is going after the other title Rollins title right now. Um, so as far and as like time, at least, but who, predictions for this year? Uh, I'll do that next Punk? week. That's going to be my next week's show. The, the, nope. Um, Cause oh, I'd, I'd have to see what all goes on tonight. And then Monday on raw before I even try to give any kind of prediction. Okay. Could would. Okay. Does punk have a chance? His first match back. I mean, his first televised last ma- match back. Punk win the rumble. And go face Rollins at Mania. I, I don't. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll hit that next week. But some of the things I do want to hit on. Yes. This is actually part of my notes. And part of this, I actually pulled up. Um, like because I'm kind of an Excel geek. And, and so I actually created something in Excel. All right. Can you, can you see that? Yes, I can. All right. One of the things that kind of caught my eye was these are the number of countries that have been represented in the men's Royal Rumble. And this is why I love wrestling so much, by the way. Um, hey, excuse, uh, I got the little one here. He's just hey, oh, you do Hey, hey there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anyways, me, yeah, I'm zo- watching. Let me zoom this in some. I just now realized how small the, oh, the font Adam was. Rose is on that list. Adam Rose, yeah, yeah, Adam Rose, yeah, he's that Adam Rose. He's on this right here, and see some of these names. I mean, you know how long it took me to make this. I actually, um, I had not updated it in a few years until last night. I was going through here, but you know, when it says count of entrance, like uh, that means I think uh, Superfly he was in four different rumbles, but twenty-two different countries represented Puerto Rico. I'm actually having it as a separate country. Even though, even though it is an American territory. But some of the ones that surprised me, I think Italy, that was, uh, and these are, when I went through here, I mean, these are the countries where they were, they were born and they were actually a citizen of these countries. You know, um, like Ghana, it's Kofi Kings. Kofi Kingston, of course, was born in Ghana. <clears throat> but then, like Kane, uh, Glenn Jacobs was born in Spain, but, he was born to um, 
Americans who were actually working over in Spain, his dad was uh, in the military or he was a government worker, you know, so I don't, Kane was never a Spanish citizen, but some of these other ones, I mean, if you look where they came from, but I thought that was so amazing that we have um, so far, there have been 22 different countries represented in the men's Royal Rumble. What's wild is I have a feeling there's going to be at least one more country added to that this year. Because if you notice, there's one country missing from here that's actually been in the women's rumble, including the current women's champion, um, Rhea Ripley. There's not been one Australian male in the rumble. But there's been a few Australian women. But this year, between uh, Grayson Waller and Bronson Reed, they're both Australian Okay. You know, so I have a feeling there's going to be. I think Grayson Waller is going to easily walk in there. Yeah. You know, and Bronson Reed, I mean, he's, they're pushing him pretty, um, yeah, pretty hard right now. Um, of course, Yugoslavia, that one could also just, I could file into Croatia. Uh, did I not have Croatia in here? So how much time did this take you to create? Oh, it took a while. In fact, I'm actually missing a country (laughs) on here because. Let me do this. Um, what am I doing? What am I doing? Here we go. Let me. I can't see my. Um, I have a feeling. I'm actually missing a country on here. Um, um, let me pull this down a little bit because I can't see because of the, the banner that's at the top. So I'm going to have to, I'm actually missing. There's actually Croatia because Nikolai Volkov, Nikolai Uh, Volkov is actually Croatian. And you're going to have to post this so people can take a look at it. Oh, (laughs) I I don't even think WWE has been this detailed. Uh, You know what? Did I, they've had some things on here that have had a little bit of detail. I mean, I just use Excel just because I'm kind of a nerd like that. Yeah. Um, and I just. Yeah, Croatia's listed. I don't it's know why. Updated. Maybe if you do throw your grand total down one more. No, it's, it's, a, it, it's a pivot table. By the uh, way, so I say 22 countries, really there's 23 because I know there's it, um, at least one. Um, missing, but I also have like I, I have all their birth dates in here just because. Oh my goodness! I was trying to see, you know, who was like the oldest, and um, yeah, I don't know why it's not showing. I'm gonna have to go back and look and see why it's not. But it's still the data is still on here. That's Nikola Volkov. Yeah, he was in two of them because he was in the very first one, and he was oh, I forgot he was there however many years later but yeah that's like some of the fun you can do with excel but that was one of the things i noticed was how many countries have been represented and uh and uh steve uh, steve by the way is you know he's uh well educated in excel so you guys need anything done organized and put together yes definitely come to me uh, i will tell you i don't do it for free no, um but you but know, you're probably the best in, you know what you do in the area, right? Um, I'll have to show you this other one that I made up um, after we finish this. It's about the NCAA tournament. 
the uh, the men's basketball tournament. But that was one of the things I noticed was, wow, all the different countries represented, including somebody from Uzbekistan. You know, um, you don't see that very often. No. But the oldest one, and I, I probably shouldn't have uh, dropped it, actually Snooka, Jimmy Snooka, as far I think he was the actual oldest competitor. He was in his mid-60s. And honestly, it was in the 2008 Rumble. It was the one held in Madison Square Garden where Cena was the number 30 entrant and he had made his comeback. He was, um, he had gotten injured. I think he tore torn a peck and he was supposed to be out like six months. Well, he came back after like three and a half, four months. So he showed up. That was the one in Madison Square Garden where they had Piper and Snooka in there reliving their feud from 1983 or 84. And because it was Madison Square Garden, and it was really sad to watch both of them. I'll be honest with you, but yeah, um, but yeah, they were the oldest. They were some of the oldest ones. Vince McMahon, he was one of the oldest ones. But we already said Gunther, of course, had the longest time in one Rumble. You know, not including the the greatest Royal Rumble because that was Daniel Bryan, but that was also fifty people. Uh, but Gunther, he was number one. He lasted all the way to the very end. You know, and I, and I think that was another case of that one, even though he was already the Intercontinental Champion by that point, that one was uh, definitely what got people really to notice and like say, this guy is good. Gunther is very good. And he was, so he's the only one from from Austria also in the um, that's been in the Rumble. But I mean, that country wasn't listed either. So it looks like it's about 25 oh countries. Goodness. Yeah. You have to have, upload update. I'm going to up, figure out why it's not pulling that data. Post in. it up on your Facebook, you know, page and let people see. Maybe uh, I might just have to do that, but I'm kind of guarded when it comes to my Excel things like that. Yeah, you know, um, you know, but I, I could I could tell you why in a little bit, but um, but the person with the longest cumulative amount of time is actually Chris Jericho, somebody yeah. who's never won a Rumble. Chris Jericho should never have. won, but should have. He, he deserved it in the early two thousands. I mean, he was the workhorse. If I'm not, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, he was one of the most pivotal athletes that transitioned into WWE yeah. very well. Uh, you know, he was into some very sticky. You know, he he was in such a very you know so many sticky situation or storylines that could have got him released mm-hmm. and fired with one wrong word because he had to go and get himself involved with Stephanie McMahon. And mm-hmm. Triple H, and you know, around the time they were he, getting married, and he almost, he actually almost did get fired uh, because of China. And then he had the WrestleMania dispute of, you know, who am I going to wrestle? I'm not going to wrestle him. You know, I'm, I demand to be on the, t- you know, this type mm-hmm. of card. He, you know, but you know what? Th- that's what I respect to him about so much because he didn't disrespect his own, you know, his bosses, but he stood up for what he knew, what he was worth. Yes, and he did overcome that um mm-hmm. you know i don't know if you did that today in the wwe you probably just hey hit the can we'll see in, you know yep in the next life but uh but yeah so um to kind of round us up you know before we finish off yeah uh the rumble to me i mean i actually look more forward to the rumble every year than what i do mania than i do any other pay-per-view and probably because i mean people like that anticipation i think and other people feel the same way and plus like i said it's they call it the road to WrestleMania. However, the road to WrestleMania really starts at the preparation for the Rumble, which would start at day one. I told you day one. I mean, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. If if the Rock's return did not get you excited for WrestleMania this year, even even if you don't see Dwayne Johnson, 
if that did not get you any excited for what's to come this year alone, because day one sets the table for what WWE has all year long. And I mean, uh, this is also, as far as I know, this is be the first rumble or under Triple H where Vince McMahon has mm-hmm. nothing to do with any of it because last year he still had, yep. you know, his hands in the pie. Uh, the year before that, he was there, but he let Shane do it. And that one ended up being wrong. Uh, uh, who that was bad. Uh, that one ended up being, back. Oh, and ended up getting Shane got fired by his own dad two days later. Um, <laughs> at least he didn't let him run WrestleMania. He I didn't. Mean, I mean, uh... well, Shane put himself in the rumble and then he actually had, had him. He took almost... out, I think he took out the original person that was supposed to win it. I think. Yeah. I don't... Something. Well, that was the one where Lesnar came in. Number thirty. Now that was another reason why that rumble was just horrible. Yeah, that was. Um, I don't know. And I don't know. Some people say, uh, but all I can say is, is that you know we have TKO, we have Hunter. You know, we have not been disappointed. We have a lot of positive things to look forward to, and that's why there's just so much greatness. And I don't know, to be honest, have you ever felt this excited to go into the rumble before? Um, before, yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's been a while. It's um, been a while. I'm talking about maybe, I want to honestly say, probably a decade while. I mean, I would argue within the last 10 years, we found a good, ro- the lead up to Royal Rumble also has been pretty good because, and you know what, they haven't been focused on the Royal Rumble. Bless you. Focused on awesome matches. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Little so, man over there sneezing. I'm excited to see what comes. Um, I, hopefully this is just a new line and a new fresh start for what we can see and the creativity that we can see out of the Rumble again. Um, I think there's another spark to it that we haven't seen in the last 10 years. So, um, and it's going to, th- hopefully, if it doesn't disappoint, it's going to bring me back to what we were seeing 20, 30 years ago wh- for the reasons why we loved watching it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um. um because we like to see, okay, who's going to win. We like to kind of bet in our favorites. Uh, next week, I am planning on doing a prediction show for the Rumble, the pay-per-view. Not just the two Rumble matches, but the actual pay-per-view itself. Uh, I'll go ahead and give my prediction for the women's match, though, because I do it every year. I don't care if she's not on the roster or not. Ember Moon. I was always high on Ember Moon. Loved watching Ember Moon. she released from Ring of Honor? No, I'm saying Ember Moon to win WWE. I always put that even if I know she's not going to be there. That's always just ask Waylon. He'll tell you that's always my prediction. Ember Moon because I think Ember Moon should have won it one of those years because Ember Moon, you know, um, such a good talent. I can't. Oh my God, what is her name now? Um, I cannot think of her name now. But yeah, she was Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, she's Ring of Honor. No, no, yeah, she is Ring of Honor. That's right. Yep. Because yeah, I think she's amazing. Um, So, but anyway, that'll be the show next week. Um, we'll have to see, you know, if I, hopefully Dwayne comes back, on. maybe Dwayne not, come back. If not, I mean, you know, and if, you could just if, have a round table with all, maybe your, you know, all the wrestling podcast buddies. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, because it, it's going to be a prediction show. So it, that would actually be kind of cool. You know, yeah. hopefully, like I said, hopefully, you know, Dwayne can be back. We'll have to see, you know, yeah. um, he's taking care of business right now. And I did not want to stress him out anymore because you know what family always comes first and, you know, because we've had to stop the show before because of family issues, right. but, um, but he was very grateful for everybody who came in and stepped in because, um, you know, he knows that sometimes a show does have to, uh, hopefully go on, you know, but, you know, we, everybody, you know, we, uh, 
everybody wishes Dwaylon best of luck. You know, he's always in our thoughts and prayers. You know, hopefully everything kind of comes together and he can actually come back to the show. But, you know, maybe that'll be next week. But even if he doesn't come back, I know he'll give me his predictions. He always does. You know, so, uh, but we, we would just have to see. But until we can talk again next week, thank you so much, Justin, for coming on thank and you. standing in. Uh, not the first time you've done this for us. So we last, I don't think. Yep. Uh, so we'll have a good time. But until we can actually speak again, say good day and God bless.